everyone. Welcome to Weepies, the podcast that gives you an outlet to cry, to weep, to express yourself every single week. My God, Kim Lester, I've been crying and crying and crying of late. How about you? Oh, honey, I'm sorry to hear that. I've, I'm, as I've said before, I'm, I'm well medicated, so <laughs> I don't cry much. Takes that's quite so, a bit for me. <laughs> that's so great. This is why I'm so excited to see whether you cried in this movie mm. we're talking about today. Because, oh look, look, before we even do anything, we should probably um, talk about which movie it is. Today it's one of our favourite joint mm. weepies ever about yeah. time, written and directed by Richard Curtis, the guy who wrote Notting Hill, Four Weddings and Love Actually. It's a rom-com that's really about a travelling, time-travelling father and son team. It's not really <laughs> a logline for a weepy, but oh my God, a weepy it is. Oh, yeah. But you know, it's funny, like that time travel thing, so weird, so out of left field. But how many rom-coms are about people switching bodies or, you know, there's so many rom-coms that have a sci-fi bent to them, aren't there? Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. But this one, it just feels entirely natural, yes, doesn't it? Which, it's done which, in a really yeah, cl- well, to- charming way. <laughs> charming, so charming. Um, Kim, how? what's your background with this movie? So I'm sure I saw it at the movies and I'm sure I've seen it at least once or twice since then. It's not like I watch it once a year or anything like that, but I I think it's so lovely. It's really charming. I think it's my favourite of all the Richard Curtis movies that I've seen. Ah, that's a big call. That's a really big call. I feel like this is a movie that I saw at the cinema and loved and then it's one of those movies that's always on television mm. and I feel like every time I see it I think I'll just watch till the next dad breaks, yes. you know, and then I'm in a puddle of tears. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's funny because I really I really thought watching it this time that I wouldn't cry. I thought I've seen it so many times. Mm. There's so much about it actually that gives me the irrits. Yeah. That I me just too. I just don't even think that I'll cry. I'll, I'll just it'll be a hate watch this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Kim there's something that we have to say at the beginning of this podcast that we never, ever do that we have to say. Oh, I feel like this should be assumed, but yes, let's say it anyway. Yeah. Can you say it? Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So let's recap. We meet Tim and his eccentric, charming family at their beautiful mansion on the Cornwall coast. They're posh, they're funny, they're all a little bit weird. The mum style icon is the queen. <laughs> and one day Tim's father, who's played beautifully by Bill Nye, mm. uh, brings him into his well-stocked library and he tells him a secret that's going to change his life, that the men in their family can travel through time. Now, the rules of this time travel are this, because in every time travel movie, the rules are very important. Yes. And Kim, I'm a great, are you a fan of time travel movies? Yeah, I do quite like time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Back to the Future, so much fun. They're so fun. Time travel movies, Armageddon movies and boxing movies and baseball movies I will watch <laughs> if, if, the, if they're about any of those things. I just love them. Mm. Anyway, so um, the rules for this time travel are this. You can go back at any moment you've lived before in your life by hiding in a dark place and clenching your fists. I just love how it's like 
How am I going to make this work? How am I going to try to give them a time machine? Nah, nah, just chuck them in a cupboard and clench your fists. <laughs> uh, so you can't go into the future. You can't go anywhere in the past that you've not been before. And there are other rules that pop up along the way, one in particular that's rather heartbreaking. Mm. Now, Tim is a hopeless, hopeless romantic, and he knows that for him the time travel gift is going to be all about love. It's what he lives for. He wants to fall in love desperately and it doesn't take too long until he falls in love with Margot Robbie in one of her first big film roles only to learn the lesson that time travel can't make someone love you. Now not long after this he meets and falls in love with Mary played by Rachel McAdams who we're supposed to believe is a daggy American (laughs) um, who is obsessed with Kate Moss and hates theatre. Time travel means their budding romance almost vanishes but with some nifty detective and detective work and time travel they get together, they fall in love and we're not even halfway through the film yet. The rest of the film is seeing Mary and Tim go through the rituals of heteronormative married life. They get pregnant, they move into a bigger house, they deal with family dramas. And in this time, Tim learns the potentially devastating rule of time travel that after he's had a child he can't go back to before or the child might be disrupted, Mm. you know, it'll be a different child or something like that. I should point out that they break the rules of this time travel all the time <laughs> yes. in about time, but it matters not. Why let the truth of time travel rules get in the way of a good exactly. story, Richard Curtis? The rule is particularly awful when the dad, played so beautifully and not lovingly and full of humour by Bill Nye, gets lung cancer and dies quite quickly. Mm. And it's not long after this that Mary and Tim get pregnant with their third child, which means that time is very, very limited with Tim and his beloved mm. dad. The night the baby is on its way, Tim goes back for one last afternoon with his father and Kim. Mm -hmm. When I was writing this recap this afternoon, I got teary just thinking about it again. And now that I'm speaking about it, I'm getting teary teary again. My God, it's so bloody emotional for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, The movie ends with Tim realising we should all be living every day like it's a beautiful day to be savoured, having given up travelling in time. It's a very, very flawed movie Mm. for reasons we're going to get into, but ultimately it's so full of heart. I think it's absolutely impossible not to weep at and I cannot wait to hear whether your drugs stopped you from crying. (laughs) Uh, No, I did. I cried. I definitely cried, but I didn't sob the way that I have with this this movie. Do you know what Mm. I think it is though? Mm. There's lots of factors about this movie that that get me going. Like it's the... Mm -hmm. The, the, when after his dad dies, it's that um, where he talks about his the way that he uses his time travel to live every moment to its fullest. And then in the end, he actually kind of stops doing that and he just starts facing every day as if he's doing it mm. just once mm. and, you know, living it to the best. And that always gets me. The other thing that always gets me, that song, that Ben Folds song, The Luckiest, mm is I think it's the combination of those two things that just makes me sob. But I love that song so much that I added it to a playlist of mine a couple of years ago. And so I've heard it now enough times Mm. that it's taken away the impact of it. So I didn't cry as much this time, but I definitely just sat there smiling and feeling full of heart. Mm. Is there So what is the moment where the tears start to flow? Uh, is, it the, is it them living the day twice? No, 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 definitely when the dad 
when I think when he finds out that the dad dies, although it's also really heartbreaking when Kat goes through mm. her stuff. So his sister, um, Kit Kat, who his, is his favourite person in the world, has fallen in love with the wrong boy and uh, she just can't, she just struggles. She struggles mm. to hold down a job. She struggles to not get sucked into this bad relationship uh, she struggles to say stay sober, and Tim tries everything he can to try mm. to fix it for her using his, and that's his thing, isn't it? It's like his he says his mission is to find love, but actually it's just to fix things for people. He's always fixing things, mm. and it's yeah, he is, isn't he? It's really sweet the way that he uses his time travel. Um, so I think that yeah, the Kit Kat storyline, and then of course the dad dying, and I think the thing that really got me this time though, and I think it's because. Um, my mother-in-law died last year and so this mm. is kind of, you know, it's I guess it's close to the bone this time is when he has to make that decision about choosing oh, the future yeah. or choosing more time with his dad. It's this thing that only he gets. Nobody else in his family has more time with him but he gets this thing and that's all you really want when someone's gone is just more time with them, you know. Oh, God, I'm getting teary now <laughs> thinking about it. But, yeah, ultimately he chooses the future and he has to say yeah. goodbye to his dad all over again. And it's just so heartbreaking. Yeah. One of the things we should point out about this film too is that it's incredibly funny. Though, yeah, it is. As well. It is. Yeah. Like even with, with all the – in every moment of – and it's not it's not funny – to diffuse the heart. It's no. a really actually quite expert, isn't it, the way that it's done. Like, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like the funny moments are still true to the heart of the film, if that Yeah, makes definitely. Sense. And I think this is my favourite movie wedding ever in this movie. I, oh, I yeah. honestly think that's the best movie wedding I've ever seen. Well, this movie, it's just so full of joy the entire yeah. time. I'd be so interested to know with the, the movie wedding. So the wedding um, gets completely rained out. And but it's windy. Such, it's so and windy, windy and so, so wet. I wonder it's if horrible. that's, like, how could they make that happen in the script? Like, is it that just on the day that they were filming, this is what happened and they decided to go with it? I don't understand oh, how you no. can make it. Well, I the, feel the like The sky that's... is grey. The You know, everything is... How can you, you – it'd be very difficult to make all of that. Probably it's like, okay, looking yeah. at the weather, tomorrow's going to be the day. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they make how to make movies. Um, yeah. But it is just my favourite wedding scene. They just – the, the look of frustration on the guests and the look of joy on mm. um, Mary and Tim's faces are just – a sight to behold, aren't they? I love it. Yeah, and there's a there's a really beautiful moment as well towards the end of the wedding that I think is important for the story is when he says to her, "Do you wish we could go back and change the date?" Because yeah. you know that he's thinking, yes, he'll you know, fix I, it. I can fix this." Yeah, yeah, and and she's like, "Not for the world," no. you know. And no. it, I think that's a, an important moment for him as well, don't you think? Yeah. Of just being in the moment. Yes, definitely. He's so he's he's sort of learns to be in the moment, I yeah. guess, during the film. Do you know? I was thinking as I was watching this that obviously this movie is a, about time, hence the title. It's about time that you get with people and how you spend that time with people. But I was thinking it's also about regret, isn't it? And it's kind of it's about what you do with regret and how mm. you – it was sort of making me think of 
you know how we all have that moment that as soon as we think of it, we just want to shrink inside ourselves. Mm. And they're inconsequential mm. moments often that still just make you go, oh, God, I feel oh, sick yeah. when I think about that. And if you had a way to go back and not do that, I don't know. Like it's it's about he's not living with his regret and and moving forward with that regret. He's going back and I guess fulfilling that fantasy that we all have of undoing stuff. <laughs> yeah. And fixing it up. Yeah. Fixing it up. You know, I I was thinking about why it is that we howl so intensely Mm. at this movie. And I was thinking that I think ultimately it's because it forces us to reflect on our own lives. Mm. Like have we lived with beauty and positivity and in the moment? Have we done things we've set out to do? Have we loved enough? Have we been loved? Have Mm. we done things we've regretted and have we made up for them? You know, there's Mm. all these, like it's actually a really big, huge movie, isn't it? Like, I mean, lots of problems, which let's talk about women in this (laughs) this movie. Well, I think, I think. Our, and our message from Shez said it all when she was looking for stuff to um, put on Facebook about this movie. She said, I was looking for quotes from about time and do none of the women talk because there's no quotes from any female <laughs> characters in this movie. She's <laughs> like, yeah. One of my, that's one of my favourite lines is by the mother where she says, I'm so uninterested in yeah. a life without your father. Is that yeah. what she says? Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's just like such that. a. Isn't it a beautiful line? Yeah. It's, it's so, but yeah, it's true. It's all, so I've, I have seen all of the Richard Curtis movies about 80 times except mm-hmm. for yesterday. Did you see yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It had that beautiful moment with John Lennon at the end, but apart from that, it's a bit of a doozy, don't you reckon? I feel the opposite way about it. I feel like the John Lennon moment was a doozy. Really? And yeah. you loved the rest of uh, it? I mean, I'm indifferent about the rest of it, but I felt really, right. I just didn't know what to make of the John Lennon moment. Oh, I get that I was it was so there, but it. I also, I think I was more moved in that movie by the people who we thought were out to get him, but actually turned out just to be yeah. Beatles fans and just kind of that moment where they're all like, we're just glad to hear the songs again. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's a movie which I'll, I'll, I'll be won't very watch interested to see if anybody points that out as a movie they'd like to do. I don't think they will. Anyway, but it could have been so great. Anyway, I think Richard Curtis has a real woman problem in all of his films. Mm. They seem they seem to like um take a very similar they're very similar. They're always a bit kooky. There's always an American except for yesterday again. Yesterday let's just leave out of this conversation. <laughs> There's always kind of a kooky yet slightly sophisticated American woman who comes in and the lead bumbling fool falls in love with her. Yeah. She doesn't have much to say or do. She doesn't have much of a life mm. herself with the exception of Notting Hill, I think, probably. Yeah. But like I find the ca- so we so Mary if she hadn't have been played with such charm by Rachel, Rachel McAdams, McAdams like who would she have been? Like her Kate Moss obsession. I st- remember seeing the film and thinking, "Oh God, I love that film so much." But that Kate Moss obsession was such bullshit. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It makes what, no sense. Uh, who's obsessed with Kate Moss? Who's obsessed with Kate? Yeah. Like, like we're all obsessed enough to like like. I love every now and again doing a Google image search of Kate Moss, <laughs> Kate Moss's wedding, Kate Moss's boyfriends, whatever. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But who can have an actual conversation about her the way that Mary does? And yeah, and would would point that out about, as one of the most interesting things about themselves. You know, when yeah. you meet somebody, you're trying to impress them. Do you know, the thing I, I, 
Aaron Sorkin falls into this for me as well. The thing, yes. the thing that I love most about Richard Curtis movies and Aaron Sorkin uh, scripts is also the thing I'm that irks me most about them is that everybody talks in the same way. The dialogue is everybody talking in the same, uh, you know, in Richard Curtis movies, it's bippity boppity love actually truly yeah. and splendidly let's talk about well, it's, love it's like it's like middle class to posh english yes. people who are very yeah, eloquent yeah. and funny but they're obviously with. all talking the way that richard curtis writes people yes. and maybe and and in aaron sorkin yeah. movies they're all talking the way that aaron sorkin writes people and i i've heard with aaron sorkin that he doesn't really let actors deviate from the script mm. and put their own flair on it and i don't know if richard curtis is the same but maybe it is that thing where you, he needs, he actually needs someone to write women for him. Well, I actually think he needs to not be the director of his own films. Yeah. <laughs> because um, the Notting Hill and Four Weddings and a Funeral are wonderful films. Yeah. Like, they're almost Yeah, Four perfect. Weddings I love. Yeah. Actually, I love yeah, Notting Hill too. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't direct either of those. Yeah. He directed Love Actually and he directed About Time and I think they're both um, a bit uh, – they could they could do with being chopped down a bit. They could do oh, yeah. with somebody pointing out that you don't need that many jokes about quote prostitutes. Unquote. Oh yes, you know stuff like that. Like there's yeah. no one telling him no or rein it in yeah. on the films that he directs. Yeah, and and I think they suffer for for it. Mm. You know, he's an amazing screenwriter. He should just stick to screenwriting. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I I actually really love the way that. The ponderous way that people talk to each other in his movies. Me too. Yeah, uh, I'm really charmed by it. But it's also it gets a bit old as well. It's the thing, like I say, it's the thing that I like and also am most irked by. Mm. Do you think it would have been a nice, solid ninety-minute movie, perfect length for a movie, if they had just completely taken Margot Robbie out of it? No offense to Margot Robbie, but she doesn't. There's no probably. There's no you need. need that. If you took that character out, yeah. So she's yeah. his summer crush. Um, I mean, there's a, there, I think there's elements, there's benefits to seeing him kind of undo the things he really regrets, like he he's trying to put sunscreen on her and he splashes it all over her back yeah. and so he runs off and goes back in time two minutes and comes and does it properly. Uh, but you don't really need it. There's benefit, though, in him learning that you can't, make somebody fall in love true. with you. Yeah, but that's true. you didn't need her coming back. No, I hate that A little part. bit later. Yeah. I hate it. You, you, you totally didn't need that. There's yep. something else I reckon you don't. You could take the playwright out too, really, yeah. even though I love the playwright. I, and I, I think that I like the play. He's so funny. <laughs> this, yeah. No, you can't take the playwright out because then that doesn't undo his meet cute. Although I hate his new meet cute with um, oh. moving on to the next problem. Of this movie. So, yeah. okay. The thing I read a lot, of, I tried to read some reviews and some think pieces about this movie. Yeah. And I think really what you need to do with this movie is don't worry about it. Like if you want to <laughs> think too hard about the time yeah, travel, yeah, yeah. don't worry about it. So well, no, right. just don't worry about, about time travel. No, yeah. no, no. Just don't worry about it. If they're breaking the rules. Don't worry about it. But I did read one piece that was sort of pointing out how creepy it is <laughs> like <laughs> again don't worry about it but two things that i just find really difficult in this movie 
One is they have this beautiful, perfect meet cute mm. uh, where they go into this restaurant where uh, it's pitch black and so nobody can see each other and they have this charming conversation, although I think Rachel McAdams is frustratingly critical of herself and saying, do you like the way that I look after they meet? Which I don't think a woman would do. This is just what do. he thinks women are like. This is what annoys me so much because she's like that the whole way through. Is it okay yeah. with you, my fringe? Yeah. My fringe, um, my, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I yeah. don't like that. Um, and then he goes home. His playwright mate has just had a disaster of an opening night of his play because the main actor couldn't remember any of his lines. And so he so goes back in time. Character. Yeah, that was this. Is, I really like this bit. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so he goes back in time and uh, <laughs> reads the lines to the, to the actor and fixes it. But that mm-hmm. undoes his meeting with Mary, which means he no longer has her number. And so then he has to do the romantic comedy thing, the bad romantic comedy thing, where the guy has to stalk the girl in order to make her fall mm. in love and lie to her in order to make her fall in love. So he goes to the Kate Moss exhibition and waits until she turns up. And then he's totally mm. weird and creepy when yeah. he sees her. And yet they still let him hang around with them all day, which I find like, would you? Would you let a strange yeah, guy because, who seems well, like a- Well, because he's quite, he's, the thing about this character is, and Dominic, is it Dominic, Dom Hall Gleason? Is that his name? Dominal? Dominal Hall? I don't know. Let's it's, go with Dom. I'm sure where it's an Irish name that we're not pronouncing It's correctly. probably Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Jake Gleason. <laughs> Jake Gleason. I think that the character and the actor do have a certain sweet charm and kind energy. We've so, already been introduced to that charm and energy, though. Like in theory, if a man just walked up to you, tapped you like on that. the shoulder in a weird oh, way. Oh, yeah, the tap. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and yeah, then said, right. you look like a Mary. My mum's name is Mary. Can I hang around <laughs> with you all day? <laughs> Would you I really right, immediately yeah. go, this guy's got a nice charm and energy? Yes. Yes, he can hang around with me all day. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> it just I think you're right. But it's a discredit you know, to the female characters once again. Yeah. And, and then when that doesn't work, he yeah. finds out he goes back in time yes. to a party because he yes. finds out Mary has a boyfriend. He goes and nixes that. Um you know, that's a bit dodgy too. Oh, obviously. I don't like it at all because what he does is take something he learned from her in mm. the previous meeting about how much she loves Kate Moss. And quotes it back to her as if he loves Kate Moss. And that's the annoying, creepy rom-com thing that rom-com writers do that that kind of ruin rom-coms for me. But, Kim, if you could travel back in time with your husband and you had all that happen, wouldn't you use those things in order to get him to love you if he wasn't coming to the party like he did in the first meeting? Mm. Because, like, he had permit, like she she came to the party in the first meeting, which I feel yeah. kind of gives him permission. I think that sort of it it undoes it because it was such a good, yeah. lovely meet cute uh, to begin it's with. Just so dumb this movie. The ro- like <laughs> I don't even know why we're spending time talking about the romance because the real romance of this film yes. is a father and son. Yes, and the real soul of this film is a father and son. And if only there was a way that this movie could just be the father and son. I know. Can I just say, get one more creepy thing off my chest and then we'll move on. We will move on to the beauty and the father and son. Really, this is, this is 
a movie about Bill Nye and Jake Gleason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other creepy thing, and I just wish, I just wish someone had said to Richard Curtis, no, no. Exactly. Don't. He shouldn't direct his own films. Don't do That's this. The thing. <laughs> Is when he, they have sex for the first time. And the first oh. time he kind of makes a mess of it. And so he goes back and he does it a second time, which, okay, he made a mess of it the first time. He got mm. it. He did it better the second time. And then he goes back a third time. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it's a ick. bit gross. It's a bit off, you know? Yeah. They're ho- I just find them just a bit off it. Like what? what is that scene where Mary's trying on all the different dresses. Yes. What is the point of that other than to make her look like an idiot and, oh, gosh, how annoying are women? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, like it's just like I wish I didn't have to live this again and again. You know, like yeah. it's just kind of. I love almost every one of those dresses though. Do you? God, I didn't like any of them. Oh, really? Oh, I liked a lot of them. I did. That's great. I'm glad because I was like, <laughs> it is a it is a nothing scene though. There's not really anything. It's such a nothing it. scene. Maybe like, it's to demonstrate what a patient patient man he is. Oh, it was just such a waste of our time, you know. Mm. But let's get to the the thing is, yeah. you, you just watch it all because we know what's coming. Yeah. I must confess that every time I see this movie, like I said, I think I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not going to watch all of it. Mm. And the second, um, that. Jake Gleason walks through the door <laughs> after he's found out that his father's sick and he does the thing yeah. and he walks into the library and the father says, oh, geez, where have you come from? Mm. Oh, no, that's towards the end. That's, yeah, that's no, way, he says, way after I've started crying already. He says when after he finds out he's sick and he's like, oh, not mm. you too, I've just had cat bowl me over. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tim says, have we had this conversation before? Mm. And he says, yes. And I love that. I love those little moments that sort of bring in the dads. What you know, the dad has clearly used his powers as well, his yeah. ability to travel back There's in time. Just so much love and beauty in their relationship, isn't there? Yeah, and kindness and like the father sort of seems to have figured out the time travel thing. Yeah, yeah. Like he's figured out how to make it beautiful. I adore the scene. It might even be. My favourite scene in the movie, yeah, maybe, where he tells him that he can travel through time. I just love their dynamic in that scene where where (laughs) Tim is sort of going, this is the weirdest joke you have ever played on me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And then when he's like, just just go and see for yourself. And he's like, yeah. you're going to be in so much trouble when this doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. it's so, it's gorgeous. Isn't yeah, it? that's, where, really- that's where the dialogue sings. I think that if just a couple of characters talked like that in that Richard Curtis dialogue way, mm. I would appreciate it so much more. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's so beautiful. The, um, the, of course, like the the I think the moment where you cry and can't stop from then on is that last time he goes back to see his father. I don't yeah. know about you. I I cannot stop. Yeah, like heaving, heaving mm. after that. And I I wonder if it's like, and I feel like it gets more acute that heaving the older we get and the older our parents are. Like Kim, yeah. you and I are still lucky enough to have both of our parents, mm. but you know who knows how long we'll have them. And I must 
confess I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this movie who hasn't seen it. Yeah. He was very close to his father mm. and his father's dead now, has been dead for about 10 years. Yeah. And I said, I just don't know if I can recommend that you watch this film because I think it'll be, I think it'll just be too much for you. You know what I, like, I, yeah. I wonder if, and I'd be so interested to know that for people who have lost their parents the experience of this film, I, th- I just think, would be overwhelming. Like yeah. it, I wonder if it's a young person's film for that I just, reason. I think people, some people like to lean in to the melancholy, mm. and I'm a little bit like that. If I, if I feel like I need to sort of bring on or or release certain feelings, then mm. I might seek out. A movie like this, say if I, yeah, I think I might seek out a sad song if I was sad about something. Mm. And so some people do that and then other people just want to avoid it and they just don't want to be reminded of their sadness. You know, because I kind of think that um, watching this this time, I think it might be the last time for a really long time that I watch this film. Yeah. Because the thing that I found, like the parent stuff, of course, but also the the sort of beautiful mundanity of everyday life without children with children mm-hmm. um i just found so upsetting this yeah. time watching it cuz like watching this for the first time what it come out 2013 so i would yeah. have been 33 watching this so feel, I, I feel like i felt like i had that all ahead of me yeah. and it's never happened yeah. and to watch it and i feel that this film is really about like have we lived each day to the full have we done this? Have we done that? Mm. And if you haven't, and if you feel that you haven't, it's actually a very painful watch. Yeah. As well. Do you yeah. know? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally. It- I mean, even and not, I don't compare this at all to what you've just said, but even just watching that and sort of going, I I struggle to appreciate every moment because some moments are really mm. hard or frustrating or boring or you know whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I I find the live live every moment like you're living it the second time a hard message to hear. Me too. Like yeah. it's beautiful yeah, because it is. that's actually yeah. I feel like that where I actually do always start crying is when he's going through the day tw- I'll get teary about it now. When he's mm. going through the day twice. Yeah. And he has a moment with the Pret-a-Manger um sales assistant yeah he makes rory feel good about himself you know all these it's just it's so beautiful and i feel like so so few of us do that yeah and we really should like like we just spend our time in existential angst a lot of the time don't we or avoiding things or procrastinating or whatever it is that you know, I think that by the time you watch it when you're our age, like we're halfway through our lives maybe, mm-hmm. it's sort of you start to think, oh, my God, am I, was- am I wasting all this time? Am I, you know, it could mm. be it could be something else, this film. And, I, yeah, I don't think I will watch it for a long time because I found it very, um, like, upsetting yeah. on, that, on that level. Yeah. It was upsetting anyway It's because it's an upsetting film. Like that, that um See the last um, table tennis scene between the father and yeah. the son when he says, you know, I think I think Bill Nye asks him, like, what would you like or something? And he says, how about a kiss? Mm. And yeah. it's just, and Bill Nye knows where he's come from and, yeah. you know, that 
and that they go and play on the beach and he's yeah. a child. Like it's just all, yeah. it's so beautiful, isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. And that is where I was crying in this watch, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. Oh, mm. God, Kim, it's such a, it's a proper effing weepy. Oh, yeah, totally. Like proper. Some of the reviews were really funny, like really lukewarm about it and for frustrating reasons, you know, for reasons like that there wasn't enough of a climax, that there wasn't sort of there needed to be more that sort of went wrong with Tim's relationship in order to build the tension. Yeah, which I don't don't agree with at all. Because I heard this great interview once with Jason Reitman who made Up in the Air Mm -hmm. and Juno, et cetera, with Mark Maron and – Forgive me if I've already told this story on no. a country practice podcast or something like that, but it's wonderful. Mm. How his so his father is the now late Ivan Reitman yeah. who died today. Yeah. Actually, the day of this recording. Sorry, not today, whenever you're <laughs> listening to this, but the day of this recording. Um, and Jason Reitman said that I think his father taught him this, that every single film is about a moment at the end. So everything leads to that moment. Mm-hmm. So in Juno, it's about the moment she discovers that Jason Bateman is a dickhead. Yeah. And in Up in the Air, it's about the moment that um, George Clooney discovers that the woman has a, a yeah. whole family at spoiler. home. Spoiler. You know, part <laughs> of spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. But I needed to give you those examples yes. to make, you know. <laughs> This film is about that moment on the beach. Mm, like yeah. the whole thing leads to the moment on the beach between the father and the son. How can anybody say it doesn't have the right climax? Because there's no one yeah. that would walk away from this film that doesn't have that image burned into yeah. their heart, don't well, you think? Well, it, it seemed like they were asking for the, the formulaic climax, you know, the, the bit that where they, they break up in order to get back together no. again. Which God, who just, even cares about them? I They're not know, even in the movie, are they? I know. It's and Bill Murray and Jake. I would say <laughs> it's it's about that moment on the beach, but it's also about um, the dad's advice about how he uses his time travel. He says the big secret, the real, uh, you know, I can't. What was the what was the phrase he used? It was like the mothership of <laughs> um, advice, which was ultimately to live each day twice and, mm. you know, sort of live your day normally and then go back and do it all again mm. and just mm. kind of brighten it a Notice little bit. Notice the beautiful things. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's such a beautiful movie, but it's so full of crap as well. <laughs> it's so problematic. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Seriously, I think there are about five attempts at, prostitute jokes yeah i think that's about five actually like not just and even one is on the nose today in 20 like we don't use that we use no. sex worker now yeah. you know but like there's i think there's about five yeah i think i've blocked them all because this because you just want to love it <laughs> <laughs> and just just focus on the, on the scene at i the just want to focus the on the lovely father and son and actually I was I was watching it my husband was at home Chris was at home and um I I was watching and it was the wedding and they were starting to Mm. do the speeches and you know there's that series that sort of montage where he changes his best man he goes back in time because the first best man is making a terrible speech and then he goes back in time and he changes it to the (laughs) second best man and Chris said oh has it got to the bit where the dad does the speech and I said oh not yet He's like, oh, can you just pause it? I just need to go and do something. And then he mm-hmm. came, like he watched just because he remembered that that was coming and that lovely speech where the dad says something kind of simple and keeps it really short and sweet and then 
he says to Tim afterwards, I think I could have done better. I think I could have done a better job with that. And then he goes back yeah. in time and then he gives that beautiful speech about how yeah. he's only loved three men in his life. Oh, oh, how beautiful is that moment too at the end when Uncle Desmond says. Yeah, he said he, he said, loved me. He loved me. Yeah. Like it just, I mean, stuff like that is so beautiful and that's why Richard Curtis is an amazing writer and yeah. should work with directors. Yes. Like <laughs> to bring it that, out. That shows his, um, like he he planted that, like that character is there for that moment. Yeah, yeah. The whole way through and all the little jokes that are made about him are somehow made human by that moment. Absolutely. I mean, it's just. Absolutely. It's and the jokes, a- the, jo- the jokes that are made about him are never made maliciously. They're always mm. made with love for him as well. I would suggest that that's one of the beautiful things about Richard Curtis yeah. movies is they're never nasty. Yeah. They're never mean or cruel or and I think that's maybe what we love about them as well mm. is that even flawed people are just kind of dickheads. And we are, are just kind all of- kind of dickheads, aren't we? Like yeah. we all do dickhead things at times. Yeah. We're all flawed. Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just such a beautiful movie if we could just cut out all the bits we don't like. Yeah. Which we can, but it still it still survives <laughs> and makes everybody weep like yeah. a crazy person. Yeah. Indeed. And we've had it, we have had it suggested to us eighteen hundred times to do Oh, yeah. For this podcast, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're always going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like the top of our list yeah. um, with beaches. It was beaches in about time. Kim, look, one question before we go. Mm. There was the most gorgeous article today in The Guardian. The Guardian started doing this thing called the Honest Music List or something like that where people are confessing their daggy music loves. I love that. Yeah, also known as their real music loves. Yeah. You know, like it yeah. would just be. And Kaiser Chiefs Ricky Wilson was today. Mm-hmm. And I loved that he told The Guardian that he can't listen to Tell Me on a Sunday by Marty Webb because it makes him cry. <laughs> and it's one of the great song. musical theatre songs. <laughs> yeah. So I just love this about him. Is there a song that always makes you cry and why? Um, I would say, I mean, The Luckiest by Ben Folds would have been on that list if I hadn't have listened to it enough times. But also every year, I think without fail, the first listen of White Wine in the Sun at Christmas time always makes me cry. Makes That's you the cry. Yes. Through the drugs, through everything? Oh through yeah, the yeah, dr- through the know. drugs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always gets me because I think probably I discovered that song when I was living in Canberra and it's about being far away from your family at Christmas mm. time and and it just it always sort of that that moment in the song where he starts singing to his little girl about being jet lagged and handed around the room and oh <laughs> it really does get me that song so it's lovely beautiful. and the song that got him the gig writing Matilda yeah yeah, which, is- which also has another beautiful song that has made me cry in the past, which is When I Grow Up. They get, which When I Grow Up has kind of got s- similar themes to this movie in a way, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Well, they both of those songs do. Mm. Yeah, indeed. How about you? What's yours? Come What May from Moulin Rouge. Ah. Every time. I can't, I can't, if I sit and listen to it properly, mm-hmm. I cannot not cry to it. Yeah. I just find it it just it just reminds me of 
my first love, who I'm entirely over. So I don't know why. It, you know what I mean? Like I don't no, know it, why. But thinking yeah. about your first love can also just remind you of a time. You know, you don't have. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to still hold a candle for that person. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I think that's maybe what it is. Yeah. And the time, you know, like when that film came out and the feelings around that film, and mm. you know, I thought my first boyfriend looked like you and McGregor. So when I'd watch <laughs> that, you know, like all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it always there's something. And then I start thinking about Satine and Christian in Moulin Rouge and why they didn't just leave Paris and have a nice life, <laughs> why they stuck around for her to die. There's, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, but it always makes me cry and I just I can't figure out why. Is that on but our list? Because I reckon I've seen that movie once. It's not on our list, but it it's it's like it's weird because it's not – I mean, it is. It, it always makes me cry watching it. I went to see mm. the musical recently, Kim, yeah. which can I say, if you're living in Melbourne or Sydney or you want to take a trip to either of those places, Moulin Rouge the musical is so fantastic. Yeah. I can't even express how good it is because I hate jukebox mu- musicals. <laughs> I hate musicals that come from movies usually. Yeah. It is absolutely spectacular. It's it's wow. so It's full of surprises and wonder and love and beauty and all those amazing costume it's everything that you want a musical to be mm. it's it's really really wonderful okay um kim we should wind things up shouldn't we about Why time not? it's about Why time not? we it wound things time. up well then thank you very much to our fabulous social media editor shez robbie uh for keeping the weepies community facebook page uh or facebook group alive please join if you haven't already check it out and of course, make sure you tell your friends to listen to Weepies and rate us on iTunes or Spotify. Has anybody rated us on Spotify yet? I don't know. I'm on Twitter at Kim Lester. And I'm on Twitter at Melanie Tate. We don't have any ratings yet on Spotify, so there you if go. you listen to us on Spotify, please get onto that. <laughs> Thank you very have much. A great week. <laughs> See ya. Bye.